HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. For more information, visit mofad.org. I'm Chris Guzmi. And I'm Mary Izette. From the Man You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. Blue. Green as I see, I chose between them. They both chose me. Painted blood on my door I ain't waiting for a Christ To come by Gave me some now or more I ain't sure if it's time If it's time
Who do I have to blame? You and I are the same. Such an order now. Who do I have to blame? You and I are the same. Such an order And um, honestly, when I got the job at Little Bees, yeah, I never been there. That's I went, I went there for my job interview for the first time ever. Did you, did you admit that? Uh? Did you tell them that I've never yeah. been here? Well, after the first month, oh, okay. yeah, I was like, and I went there and I said, like, "Where's this place?" And yeah. they were like, "Is this Pasadena?" Or I was like, "No, no, it's a different thing." But it seems to be there's some interesting restaurants right now over there. Uh, one just opened down the street from us, Red Herring. Red Herring is a cute spot. Yeah. Then, and do you feel that like Eagle Rock has more opportunity to take chances, to do risks? What is it about Eagle Rock? I feel that we need to break that neighbor. The, all the restaurants that are around us and they're similar to us, I feel they're all still in the neighborhood restaurant, and we need to break that barrier. But that, if our customers don't let us do that, or if we don't push, like a fight or something that we need to do with our customers, you know, our okay. customers really in neighborhood, and we have a lot of uh, regulars. Yeah, they live around the area, so we need to push them to try new things and all that. But, well, we're gonna we're gonna go back to Little Bees in a little bit, but let's mm. start with you at the very beginning. So you're from Chile. I'm from Chile. And your mother owned a salon, and your father worked in food, if that's correct. Well, my mom owns a salon, her salon, and my dad is a farmers market person. So farmer market in Chile. Yes. And so from the beginning, you were like fresh and local. Yes, kind of. <laughs> it's funny because my dad works in a farmers market, and we never had. We had to buy, go to the farmer's market to buy stuff. Oh, he, uh, almost every day. There was no like broccoli <laughs> yeah. that fell off the truck? Sometimes, but oh, okay. not usually. It was like, 
my dad worked with carrots all his life, and we never had carrots in my house. Huh. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I've never, you it's go to the farmer's thing. market, you're like, I don't know what that is. Um, so was your father, did your father cook, mother cook, who cooked? Uh, my mom cooked. Your mom cooked? Yeah. Carrots? Your mom cooked carrots? Carrots. <laughs> no, she, Sunday was really uh, important for her. Okay. Like, Sunday was like, everybody needs to be at home, like, if you're not at home, you're out of the family. Oh. Like, you need to be there for lunch. And I don't care what you do six days a week. She didn't give a fuck what you were doing. You had to be there on Sunday. Um, and so what would you cook? What was it, like classic Chilean food? What's that look like? Uh, a lot of roast, like depending on the season, like winter, a lot of beans, a lot of roasting, and summer more into the barbecue and salads. Everything's really fresh over there, so mm. it was like... She, she cooked really seasonal without even knowing what seasonal means. So you, you know? see like local seasonal stuff and that's just childhood for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? so, like, that was the usual thing that you can get at the store, you know, or at the market. Now, did she teach you how to cook? No. No. Did you have any interest in cooking? Or did you just, at, when you got later down the road in life, you're like, one of those Sunday's meals really meant a lot to me. I think what interests me the most in, those, in that part of my life, it was the fact that she can bring everybody together. Yeah. Just around food. That, but I was not interested in how she did that or how long she cooked that thing, you know? I was, yeah. I was more interested in the fact that she was the host of the dinner or the lunch, whatever she decided to do. So how long did you stay around Chile? Um, well, I came here six years ago. Okay. So that was, I stayed in Chile for like 28 years. It's a long time. Yeah. Chilean, so for people who aren't really familiar with Chilean food, like what are the spices, what are the main ingredients? Well, um, a lot of seafood. Okay. Fresh seafood. Love that. Um, Chile is not really uh, well known for using that much spices. The biggest influences in Chile are Spanish mm. and some Italian here and there. In the south, we have some German influences. Okay. And in the north, we're like bombarded by Peruvian, which is really, really strong. You know, like Peruvian food and all that. Yeah. In the north of Chile, it's, that's really strong. So um, we, it's, it's hard. Nowadays, there's more chefs trying to find a, an identity for that. Yeah. But we don't have one. We have really good products, but we don't have a, we don't have a really uh, like well-known food. You know, we don't have a, I, I would say that we don't have a real identity. As there's a, nothing. So if I, if I went to a Chilean restaurant, it would just be a... It's, it has like some Mexican sure. influences, some Peruvian for sure, and there's some Spanish, a lot of Spanish influences over there. So when did you realize that you wanted to get into the kitchen full time? Because you did go to culinary school. Yeah, I went to culinary school. So what was, what was the catalyst that you're like, okay, this is, this is where I'm pointing my life? Well, I went to, um, I, after I finished high school... I wanted to go to art school. Okay. And my parents, they were like, no way, you're going to die and you're going to starve to death. And, and then you're like, oh, starve to death, I'll become yes. a chef, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I, need to, I need to learn yeah. how to cook something. And I tried that for three years. I was like, no, I want to do this. I went to architecture school for a year, which was horrible. Horrible? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think I feel like architecture, it's something that you really, really need to love. It's like probably any other profession, but I went there and I was like, this is, I, I was miserable. So, art school, architecture. Yeah. So, so naturally, then culinary school is right, right after you know, that. And I was, I was in between that, and they were like, okay, you need to decide to do something because we're not going to support you doing nothing. That's a pretty good waiting game. It's like, I all know. right, I'm just going to keep failing until you let me follow know, my right? dreams. <laughs> and then I was like, well, again, I need to do something. And I find out the culinary school was two years. And I was like, okay, I can study this, work, save money, and go to art school. Yeah. 
and that's what I did. Went to culinary school, started working some places, and after three years working, I saved enough money, and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go to art school. I mean, there are probably a good amount of parallels in the creativity of art school and culinary. There's certain things that are similar, like in the creative process. I sure. Think it's, really, it's really similar. Uh, well, I find it similar. And the fact that you have to try all the time things, you know? Like, you need to do something, see how it looks, how it tastes in the culinary world, how it tastes, and then go back and do it again, do it again. So if you went to school in Chile, culinary school in Chile, right? And there's no set Chilean cuisine as a whole. What was the focus there? Was it like classic French? French. French. Yeah. French and a little bit of Italian, and that's it. That's it? Yeah. Like, strictly, um, like... French, everything French. So you finished culinary school. Mm-hmm. What year is this? Uh, that was like uh, 2005. Okay. And so then what did you do? Do you cook around Chile for a bit? I went to work at a couple places, good places. The, and the first place I worked, it was really, really good. Got me really interested in doing something else more than just cooking something, you know? The, the guy that I worked for, he studied in New York, and then he opened a restaurant in Chile. So that kind of like opened my mind and kind of like got the first seed, I would say, to be like, maybe you have to go to the States to check it out. So beyond just, so in culinary school, they were just like taught you to cook. They didn't teach you how to go creative thinking. They were just like, no, learn the recipes, understand the technique. They were, I had really good, I had to say they had really good, good teachers and they taught me really well, but they didn't push you because it was really short. Yeah. Year, so they were like, you, we need you to learn this really quick. And really good. So just do it like we say it, and you're gonna be fine. And so then, how did you make your transfer from the states uh, to the states? Where did you first start cooking? So then I went to I finished culinary school, started working, went to art school, and I was in third year of art school. And I have a girlfriend at that moment. Nice. She was here. Nice. She went to visit, and she was like. I'm living in LA, this is so cool, yeah. all this food, all this art, and I was like, I should check it out. Okay. And I came here. So just, just like that? I stopped, I went on summer vacation over there, which is uh, winter here, and I was like, yeah, I'm going. Not much winter here. No, not much winter, no, no, no. but, and I was like, okay, I'm going to check it out, see how it is, and I got all the paperwork, came here, and that's how I, how I start. So what was your first, where did, what was your first job here? Uh, here I worked at Ballet House Hotel. Oh, yeah. With uh, Brendan Collins. Yeah. That was a chef over there. And that thing changed my perspective. On, because I came here trying to make art. Sure. And, and checking all that out. Having the kitchen background. Yeah. My, if something goes wrong, I can always go back and, and cook. Yes. But I then, was about to say, you always go back to art. I don't think art's ever been like a no. backup. <laughs> if I fail at cooking, I'll just go mark, make art and really make my money, right? Yeah, like... I can be like I can work anywhere. Anybody can cook. I don't even need to speak the language. And so, what was it? What it, What was the revelation? Uh, I went to the kitchen and they were doing lobster stock. Okay. And I walked into the kitchen, lobster stock in my nose, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" I never I never smelled that before in yeah. the kitchen that I work in Chile. And I was like, "What is that?" And I was like, "I want to know how to do that." And since then, I got hooked into that because of him, probably. He was a really good, really good chef, and he is a really good chef. And he kind of like pushed me into the where I'm now. Basically. So is that where you started thinking that you're going to start coming up instead of just doing classic techniques, classic dishes, sort of being like a, a, 
a great solo cover band, you're going like, to start yeah. doing original dishes <laughs> and things like that. Well, he's, uh, he worked for really good people, and when I saw him work, he's like a classic chef that if I can scream at you and in your ear and make you feel like you're the worst cook The ever. worst. You know? That's so sweet. And then at the other end, I say, good job. Oh, yeah. And you're like, fuck yeah, I'm coming back tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, beat so, you down just sort of right before you quit. Yeah, and then he I goes, know, right? Hey, man, nice. Yeah, yeah nice. Nice job. Yeah. Really nice. Um, so you're cooking with him. And uh, at what point do you feel like you, this guy opens your eyes, this guy is, like, helping you grow as a chef? And at what point do you go, like, I have, I have to go? After four years. Four years. I mean, that's a... That's a for nowadays, that's a really good time to be in your yeah. kitchen for four years. And was he understanding? Uh, no, not really, but... Uh, bad breakup? Okay. A little bit of a bad kinda, breakup? Kind of. They're never good. Yeah, they're never good. They're never good. But I feel like, oh, I, I have the same feeling now that I'm, I'm in charge of the kitchen, you know? I'm really selfish with, like, I don't want anybody to leave. There, sure. Know? It's going to disrupt my, like, how things go, you know? But is that adaptation time that you mm-hmm. over, then in the kitchen you go over and over again that probably doesn't happen in that many jobs you know? no it's just like in the kitchen you're like, you can change over and over and right? over and over so let's talk about Little Beast because it is one of LA's like top rising restaurants um, started off as a neighborhood place but that was before you joined right so even though you had never been there how did you hear about it so one of one of my friends worked there and he told me that the chef de cuisine was leaving. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I went to talk with the owner. And at that point, the owner was still really involved with the Sean. Yeah. Sean Long-Tong. He was really involved with the kitchen. And I talked with him, have an interview, went to a stage, and he hired me. And his idea from the beginning, he was like, I want to step like out and look over the whole operation not just the kitchen sure and because i mean you can be in, completely in the weeds yeah so, non-stop if you're in the kitchen exactly so then little by little he started giving me more freedom yeah and also because he didn't know me at all so he was like he was like uh okay i'm gonna give you some time you know to adapt and see how it is this is how i do it this is how it works you know this is how our crowd works and since then we start like changing stuff. I mean, it's, it's very interesting because rarely, not rarely, do you ever see a chef owner completely give up control, you know? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it very rarely happens where, yes, you have someone who's cooking the food, but they're very much the final sign-off. But it, it seems like you're very much your own man and setting your own yeah. dishes in the kitchen. Well, he, he basically, in some point, gave me some, like, rules. And he was like, this is, these are the rules. Like, I sure. want these restaurant look to look like this you can do whatever you want but you need to make it look like this right so you can make you gotta be inside this box you can do whatever you want kind of like whatever you want you want to serve you can serve anything but make it look like this make it look like really uh friendly you know for the people don't make anything fancy or you can make it really fancy but don't make it look fancy you know so it's approachable to our customers so i was like okay so that was a challenge at the beginning so what dish do you think exemplifies Little Beast the best for those who may have not made it out to Eagle Rock yet? Um, probably we, we've been working with the octopus for a long time. Love that and octopus. Our, our octopus dishes, they usually re- reflect that. We put a lot of effort into what, what we do. And for, for example, now we have uh, the octo that's been braised and then we fry it. Mm-hmm. We have a potato salad with it and barbecue sauce. But the potato salad, all the potatoes are cooked in a different way. 
They're, oh. they're pickled, they're confit, they're crispy. Some and, potatoes four ways? Yeah. That's awesome. And the barbecue sauce, it's like, it's like airy barbecue sauce. And now that you've started doing outside the box or not just your standard neighborhood fare, um, those restaurant uh, diners that you have challenged, how have they responded? They, they respond well. Yeah. But they, I don't know, for example, if they go to a restaurant, they, they always, we always have a bread pudding in the menu since the beginning of the restaurant. And they, even when they order something really, really like, Extreme or something like like we say like the octopus, they always finish with bread pudding. You know, like that that's a way now. Sure. It's like we want to try something different, but we we need something really comfort at the end yeah. to finish and to not feel that we're we're really adventurous. You know, it's funny. I find that uh, a lot of restaurants, the still the most out there thing is the dessert. Like everything is sort of gotten to be in like this modern sort of comfort things, and the dessert comes out. And it's very like 1990s lines, yeah. like. <laughs> 19 dollops and things like that. So I get it. I mean, sometimes you just want to end on, like, you're like, I just want the tiramisu. Yeah. I know you're not Italian, but if you had that. Yeah. It's, um, it happened the same here. I, I try to play with the desserts. Yeah. And it's really hard. Like, and sometimes I just, I know that I'm going to sell 10 desserts, like yeah. the special desserts, so I just go super crazy with it. Yeah. I mean, and, sometimes it's just like, here's banana fosters. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's really simple. Uh, so what's next for Little Beast? What's the, how, where's your next, uh, Unexpected step. What's going on with them? Well, I think um, keep pushing it forward in a, yep. in a way that we're not been doing it like all the way. We're even even when we try to push things forward, mm-hmm. we always keep it like there's always staple things in the menu or in the way we do things. So we we're trying to not scare people away. But now we in a meeting that we had recently, we decide to just go for it. You know, yeah. and see what happens. You know, you I mean, the worst that can happen is you just go back to the old menu. I know, and but it, like I said, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to not be the owner. You know. Oh right? sure. Because I have to answer to somebody, and somebody that is, and I know what this means. You know, like opening yeah. a restaurant is a huge investment, and the people that is behind this restaurant, they're really, really responsible, and they really, really, they really care for the people who work there. So yeah. I cannot be like just. Okay, fuck it. I'm gonna just try something. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah, you're gonna just do no, whatever you want. No. So, but it, you know, just doing anything for doing its sake isn't the right approach. You, there's got to be some sort of balance. Yeah. You want people to come in, but yeah, Melissa and Chef, I want to say thank you for people who want to find about more of the restaurant uh, website, Instagram. Where can they go? Uh, well, we have the Little Bee's Restaurant um, Instagram. It's good. It's tasty. It's a tasty Instagram. <laughs> and then mine is more like a back of the house. I post pictures. Oh, things. behind the scenes. Behind the scenes oh, yeah. and stuff. So, and that's it. And Facebook also. Uh, Facebook. Little Facebook restaurant. Uh, we'll hang out. We'll see if we can get you another beer if anyone's around. Uh, and uh, we got Will Dorado coming up with uh, another song, and then we're going to interview them. Uh, this next one is Rubble to Rubble off the new EP, which we'll be talking about. And uh, I Am Sounds, LA's own Wilderado, here live at Snacky Tunes at the Eastside Food Fest. Take it away. She's 
show me your friends, I'll show you the future. Show me your scars, I can help with the suture. I can reap, must mean I can sow. I must say, you're in trouble. You're working with the surgeon who's working as a double. I have never stitched up my own. But I'm on my way You know I'll be a doctor one day If my father knew the steps that I'd take She's down the street, sitting in sunshine, probably smoking weed and sipping on box wine. She knows me, she calls me by a different name. And now she's by the fire, hanging cold stockings, and letting baby Jesus do most of the talking. There's a beauty in the silence that I chalk up to Christmas time. Well, I'm on my way I got me a wife She calls me her babe If she only knew The steps that I'd say The steps of my day That is um, good Sunday afternoon eating and drinking music right there. Uh, welcome, boys. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having you guys want to introduce yourself and say what you play since only one of you has an instrument? One instrument? Well, I mean, we know you play guitar, but who are you and what do you do in the band? Uh, yeah, I'm Justin, and I play drums, usually. 
I'm Colton, and I play bass, usually. <laughs> I'm Max, and I play guitar. I'm Tyler, I play guitar, also. Totally awesome. So you guys are not originally from L.A. You're half uh, Okies and Texans, correct? That's right. Yeah, I had no idea that you guys might be from the Midwest or the South. Just, um, But how did you guys meet? You guys were friends or sort of knew each other before you got to L.A., and then you all just happened to move to L.A. at the same time, right? Yeah. We went to college together. Nice. The three of us. Shout out your alum. Where'd, where'd you go? Ah, uh, they're in a bit of a pickle. We don't like to claim it right now. Okay. <laughs> Is it one of those alums that's saying bad things about the world? and More like doing bad things. To yeah, like people. getting caught raping people. <laughs> no, that's not great. Yeah. Well, Baylor. Yeah, it's Baylor. Oh, There's Baylor. Yeah. We have a winner. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. We're clean. Still great at football, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. yeah. Anyway, not really. Um, so you guys met at college, and then did you stay in touch? Were you playing music back then? Did you guys jam out? Uh, uh, in a word, no. Uh, Tyler and I kind of did. We met the last semester of school and, and started dabbling in writing together. And then these guys just, we just kind of started when they came to L.A., so, and when, when did you guys move out to L.A.? 2011 for times. me, the end of that. Justin's been here a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Colton's been here. Yeah. It's like four, three, two. Oh, I've almost been three years. Wow. How long have you been here? Almost four. Wow. Almost four years. Yeah. Colton lives on a boat. Yeah, Colton. <laughs> oh, you live on a boat? You live at what? The Marina Del Rey? The Marina Del Rey, Oh, yeah. So I also had a while. Yeah, shout out to the marina. Um, so you guys reconnected, and when you guys reconnected, how long was it before you're like, we should start a band? I don't Not know if that long. conversation ever happened. It just kind of happened. happened. You just like woke up in the same living room with all your instruments. With instruments, yeah, and we're on tour. On. An album recorded, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you guys used to go under a different name, Bird Dog, correct? Yes, yeah, sir. So yeah. why the why the switch? Did you change uh, the sound, or were you just like, Bird Dog, this isn't catchy enough, the, the Googability of that is not as strong as Wilderado? No, we were sent to cease and desist. Go on. <laughs> Go on. And, uh, some dog. We ceased. Sense. We ceased, yeah. Who, who is it? Was it like some like bar band from like, it was Germany? A, it was a, a, a band in Brooklyn, and uh, to their credit, they had the name before us. There was, there's like ten other Bird Dogs, though, so we kind of felt safe in numbers but we weren't uh, i bet you all those other bands got letters too no they didn't no, they didn't, they didn't? they're like no. your uncle's band or something yeah. oh my god yeah. so uh, i don't want to talk too much about the other bird dog but you're better <laughs> it's you, one were, of those were you, were you should were you better than the other bird dog <laughs> that's something i mean we never really wanted to think about it more than anything it was just starting to be a conflict of interest and so it just seemed like the right thing to do to change the name I mean, Will Dorado is a great name. Yeah, appreciate it. We went on our Thank first you. tour right after we found out about it, and we were driving through the panhandle of Texas, and we saw Will Dorado, and we were like, that's cool. Nobody yeah, else has town. it. Yeah, and it's like, well, let's just do that. That's great. Yeah. And it's got, you know, I mean, especially since you're from that, not the panhandle, but, you know, that area. <laughs> Thank God. And it definitely, it's, it's <laughs> close enough. It's apropos to the, the sound of your music. Yeah. Um, so you guys have two EPs out. Last EP is doing really well, right? Yeah, it's doing really good. Is it? Is it? <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I think so. I mean, Paul Tao from Iron Sound says it's, yeah, yeah. it's burning up the charts. But you, you guys... Paul? Pardon? You know Paul? 
Uh, I know Paul. Yeah, really. uh, we, I, uh, Paul. we want to know more about Paul. Yeah. I mean, we got I think we have enough beer to tell some stories about Paul Tao. Uh, yeah, we go back. Paul, Paul Tao is a, a great man. Excellent dancer. Oh. Is Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But this is not about Paul Tao. It's about Will Dorado. <laughs> oh. um, and so you guys have not only have a great EP, but you've also you've hit an insane milestone. You have two million plays on Spotify, yeah. which is... Yeah incredible for having two EPs and not being like a 19-year-old pop star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. We've been really lucky and Spotify has been really nice and kind of championed us uh, and, and put us in a lot of their playlists, which has generated a bunch of streams. For like us. chilling and relaxing. You like chill and relax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> chill and relax core. Yeah. Right? Chill yeah. and relax core. Yeah, it's a good... Oh, man. Emo. Yeah. yeah. It's been awesome and it has started... It just kind of started compounding, so it was cool. And we're getting ready to release a bunch of new music, and I think we're gonna we're just gonna do them one at a time. And so they're on board to kind of help us out. With like one song at a time. Yeah. It's interesting that I mean, in releasing music, you know, seeing how people's I think maybe attention span is not as grand as it used to be, and unless you're gonna do some big concept album, yeah. do you find it makes more sense just to keep putting out new stuff, new stuff, new stuff to just stay. Like, hey, they have a new song. Instead of being like, okay, we're going to pour everything into an album and then there's no way we can get anything new out for another six months to yeah, a year. Totally. Yeah. And a lot of it, you I mean, feel like kind of the, some songs get covered up by putting them in a bundle. Yeah. So this way it's kind of nice to... We don't really know if it will be good or not. It's just something we're trying to see if, if it brings more traction to the page and streams. And do you feel that you have a chance to maybe... I don't want to say... Fail at putting out some of these songs, but the chance of like you're gonna like we might take more risks because you know that you got another song coming out in a month or two months or something like that. Exactly. Well, yeah. yeah. In the same way that they're not covered up, they feel a little bit more naked and vulnerable, I guess. Because <laughs> Ooh. It's like if this song sucks and everyone hates it, you don't get to just change it. You just... Yeah. I mean, you can, but it'll it'll come out one by one, so it'll be more vulnerable. Are you guys gonna do uh, seasonal songs? Yeah, Christmas songs, Thanksgiving songs. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I would love, I mean, look, uh, there hasn't been a really good Thanksgiving hit nah, in yeah. a while. We've written that, so stay tuned. Yeah. Have you really written a Thanksgiving yeah. song? <laughs> oh, my. Is it, is it a sad, is it like a, we got together Thanksgiving and everyone's in love, or is it like, oh, fuck, we got divorce and... Okay. <laughs> so, like, getting the family back together for one last Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. All right. We definitely need some more beers for that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, so, you guys had a good summer tour, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, you guys hitting the road again soon? We are, yeah. We're trying to figure it out. I, it, right now, it's looking like we probably won't go out again until the end of the or start of the new year. We're doing a short run up through San Francisco in November, and then we'll play some spot dates in LA. But how, how do you like the LA music scene? It's hard. Yeah. We've been lucky because we've got a lot of really great friends that have championed us and and come to all of the stuff that we play. So I feel like we actually have a fun fan base here. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to play LA. But it, there's the parts that it just kind of feels, it feels cool, like everyone's not connecting or, I don't know. Do you feel like that's specific to LA or is that just any sort of big city? That is, that's happened, I mean, in Montana. You know what sure. I mean? I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't think it's fair to say LA sucks and the people here are too cool. But. Well, that, that Des Moines seems pretty hot though, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you this could... area right here, Echo Park, Silver Lake. Yeah, we, we saw someone standing up to Buffs today in front of the Trader Joe's, and the actor was like, oof, that is a, that's, it's got to be tough out there. 
Um, <laughs> so you have the new songs, tour coming up. What are you most excited about uh, as a band that has few EPs? There's buzz, like, in this moment, like, like when you sit back, I'm sure there's tough days, but, like, what are the good times when you go, like, this is an awesome moment to enjoy? Man, we've got a so new far. spot that we're rehearsing in yeah. in Inglewood, California, right in the heart of it, that we've kind of made this little dungeon. And every time we go down there, we seem to come up with some new idea. So right now, that's the most exciting part. Mm-hmm. Say, like, just making a record would probably be... Yeah, continually yeah. writing, continually the jamming. The most exciting step. It's awesome. Isn't it awesome to be at the beginning? Very Dude, exciting. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Surreal. It has that feeling of the exciting beginning still. Which has been two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, but it's a long, I mean, just like a, any chef or anything like yeah, that. I mean, like, road. doing a creative project is just a long road. Yeah, I agree. And anyone who says that they, it was like an overnight thing is totally full of shit. Because yeah. it is not overnight. It yeah, is yeah. a long, long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, I want to make sure that we have enough time for one more song, which... What are you playing, Les? Talking about, talking about love to a cigarette. Yes, talking about love to a cigarette. But I want to thank everyone... Uh, Eastside Food Festival. Shout out to my wife, Anna. <laughs> Our dog, Meatball. My brother, Greg Kong. Everyone, uh, Chef, thank you so much. Go to Eagle Rock. Be a local, but be adventurous. It, that's free. You can use. You, okay. <laughs> anyway, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it over some more of these. I don't know if you've had this hibiscus vodka, but it is fantastic. Um, Thank you to Nikki and Paul at I Am Sound. I'll be telling stories about Paul Tao uh, in the back afterward. Um, Will Dorado. Oh, and before we go, if people want to find your music, follow you. What's your Instagram game? Is it good? It's just Will Dorado. Instagram, yeah, it's good. Instagram game strong. Strong? What, what, strong. what are we, we going to get on there if we see it? Uh, uh, a lot of nudities. nudities. A lot of what? Nudies. 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 <laughs> oh. But like tasteful, like, like tasteful, tasteful. super tasteful, tasteful artsy hippie, the new Playboy, <laughs> really good filter. What's your, fil- what's your filter? Do you use like diamonds or just like the Tennessee? White? All right, we'll we'll yeah. look at them afterwards. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you all hanging out. Eat more, drink more, and uh, support your local businesses. Yeah. Hope go. you know we're grateful for you having us too. It was cool for us, so thank you. My my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Found myself sitting on the water again Talking about love to a cigarette Both of us burning down While the smoke was on to rest Friends all tell me I should get away But I'm having no feelings like I should stay how can I just up and go when I still feel right here? I ain't been happy since I left you. I've been traveling around like I said I wouldn't, but Girl, if it ain't you Some come up and said hello Give me a chance and we can go Some blaze easy, 
Someplace slow where we don't have to change There comes a time when an honest man Has to hang up his hat and give his hand To the woman he knows and loves And hope it'll be okay I met you I've been driving around like I said I wouldn't but it ain't right girl if it ain't you for listening. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.